Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Melissa Rich, and you are listening to another episode of Taking Care of Your Temple podcast. I'm so glad that you decided to join me today. This podcast is designed to help women connect with God regularly and use His grace, strength, power, wisdom, all the things to improve their physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. And there are four principles that we can follow to do this. And I talk about these in every podcast. The first one is to keep our focus on God. So basic, so easy, right? Not not so easy because we get distracted easily. We all tend to do that. Next is acknowledging that we are not enough on our own. We are not strong enough, smart enough, quick enough, whatever it is, enough to do things on our own without making a big mess of things. I've done it enough times. The good news is that God is more than happy to help us if we ask him for help. The next principle, remembering that it is about progress, not about perfection. God is really not keeping this big checklist and crossing it off when we do something not perfectly. No, thank goodness. He is not doing that. As long as we keep making progress, as we keep learning things and keep moving forward, we're going in the right direction. And the last one is to work on consciously changing our thoughts. And what I mean by that is that the messages we give ourselves are tremendously important. They really do matter. They affect how we think, act, feel. So I talk a lot on this podcast about changing those. The verse that I use for this podcast is 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? I think that's really a good verse for this podcast. All right. So I always start off with a prayer. I am going to go ahead and do that now. Lord, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to be here. Thank you for letting me do this podcast. I ask that you will bless the people who are listening And I ask that you will use this topic to help these women really improve their lives and any men who are listening to. Thank you for loving us, Lord. Amen. Okay. So this is episode, hold on. This is episode 37. It is part two of Claim Your New Identity. So last time I talked about how we are always really changing our identity a lot. We start doing things. We stop doing things. We tweak things. We try new things on. It's a constant process. And a lot of times we want a new identity because we want to be healthier, happier. We want to move toward a certain goal, but it can be tough. It can be really hard to do if we're not really on top of things. So, what we uh, what I covered in the first three and the last episode, and I should have had this out, are was I talked about why we struggle with change. You know why why isn't it easier? Why is it so hard? And I had several different reasons that I went into there. I talked about the five stages of change. Pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action stage, maintenance. Kind of looked at that. I looked at I looked at why it is just so hard. Why isn't it easier? Why do we struggle so much? 
So part of it, there were three steps that we looked at last time in moving toward positive change. The first one is looking at what are you telling yourself? What are the messages that you are giving yourself? Kind of isolating those. Then the second step was, I'm going back through this. Now that you've got the messages, now that you know what it is that you typically tell yourself about whatever situation you're in, now you have to figure out how to change those messages. So you kind of need to look at what you've been telling yourself and at some point dig down and see what are the things that you've been telling yourself in those messages that are keeping you stuck or are stopping you from moving forward. And this is where a lot of times we go back into our childhood and into our past because there are things that happen there that can still be affecting us today. Then the third step is to figure out what do you really want? You are at point X right now. You would like to be at point, I don't know, F, whatever it is. And so you have to figure out how to get from where you are to where you want to be. So the I'm picking up now on step four in week two, but I really strongly recommend if this is something that you're interested in, and we all do this from time to time, go back to last week. I, I believe it's episode 36. Claim your, I, claim your new identity part one. So we're going to start with step four here on uh, claiming your new identity. And the fourth step is to learn to reprogram your software. What I mean by that. When I have clients in my hypnosis center, and I've done this for years, a big part of what I do is cognitive restructuring or helping them change their thoughts. They still have to complete all of the steps that I'm going over. Um, and hypnosis does make things a bit easier. But the big one of the big things, again, is the cognitive restructuring. So a few years ago, I was working with a teenage boy. I had just finished explaining the process to him. He thought about it for a minute. And then said, I get it. You're going to be reprogramming my software. And I said, well, actually, you're going to be reprogramming your software. But yes, that's exactly what's going to be happening. I love that explanation. And I've used it ever since. So here is how you do this. You create some new messages to replace the old ones that you've been giving yourself. Because odds are those old messages have been unhealthy. They've been negative. They've been toxic. And again, I talk about this more in the last episode. So now these new messages, you want them to be positive, healthy, empowering, and you want them to help you get to where you want to be. A lot of people struggle with this. So I'm going to give examples of good, healthy messages in different areas where people are typically trying to change. So if you are dealing with anger and you're trying to get anger under control, some messages that you might start telling yourself are, being calm, relaxed, and at peace is my automatic default response. Or I choose to release my anger and instead experience peace, happiness, joy, and playfulness. Or my anger is a signal. When I feel it coming on, I excuse myself. I walk around outside until I feel calmer. That's a good way to handle things, by the way. Or I stay relaxed, calm, and in control. The last one on this one is, I take ownership when I make a mistake. I apologize and I make amends when needed. So those are some for anger. Let me get into some for anxiety. If anxiety is something that you struggle with, you might 
again, in reprogramming your brain, tell yourself things like, if I'm rushing around too much, I slow down and I take some deep breaths. That's a great way to handle stress and anxiety, by the way. I look for humor in life and I enjoy it. I take myself less seriously. With every breath, I inhale peace and calm and release fear and anxiety. I overcome my fears daily and I choose to live life courageously. Those are good for anxiety. Here are some for exercising. If you've realized whether you need to lose weight or not, that you need to start working out regularly because you're going to be healthier if you do that. Here are some for that. I look for opportunities to work out. This is one I tell myself a lot. Exercise is my gift to myself. Another one that I I tell myself. I'm getting stronger, healthier, and more confident every day. Having an exercise routine is really important to me. I've made this a regular part of my daily schedule. Exercise, excuse me, exercise releases endorphins. This makes me feel happy and really good. A couple more examples. This next one is for increasing productivity. Basically, getting more done, using your time better, being more on task, which I know we all struggle with at times. I certainly do. So some messages that you might give yourself to improve in this area. I manage my time and resources really well. I am productive even through tough and boring projects because we all have those. When I'm working on a project, I ignore all distractions and I remain focused on what needs to be done. I'm able to look at problems logically and come up with creative, workable solutions. And when I make mistakes, I acknowledge them learn from them, avoid repeating them, and move on. So one more area. If you're trying to stop smoking, this is an area that I deal with a lot at Waco Hypnosis Center. I am smoke-free and craving-free from nicotine. I love fresh air, and I hate cigarettes. As of today, I only engage in habits that support my well-being or my health. Either one would be fine. Being able to say I am a non-smoker, gives me an incredible sense of pride. Being nicotine-free makes me feel young, active, and alive. And day by day, I am gaining more control over past habits. So these optimizers, and this is the term that I use, I trademarked it, some people call them uh, positive affirmations, are really powerful, mind-changing tools, but only if you use them on a regular basis. So if you are creating some statements for yourself. Great. But here's some guidelines. Be sure to word things in the affirmative, not in the negative. And what I mean by that is don't say, I won't ever lose my cool again, or I'll never lose my cool again. That's stated negatively. Instead say, I avoid becoming angry and annoyed. And I practice my deep breathing when I'm stressed. This is phrased in the positive. Talk about things that you are going to do or that you do, not what you don't. Also, keep the thought optimizers or your positive affirmations triple P. Personal, present tense, and positive. That's a good guideline. Try to generate a list of 10 to 12 new messages to give to yourself. And remember that the items on your list need to support your new identity. Once you have your list, you know You need to go through it regularly. Daily is best, and several times a day is even better. So here's where people get tripped up on this. The statement that you come up with for whatever your new identity is may not be true. 
get. For example, one of the new messages about exercising that I just talked about said, having an exercise routine is very important to me. I've made it part of my daily schedule. So I've talked to people who are trying to exercise more regularly and tell them to say this to themselves. And they'll say, but I don't have an exercise routine and it's not part of my daily schedule. I get that. And it makes sense that sometimes people don't want to say something that's not true. But here's what you need to understand. Your new messages aren't all true yet. Those statements are describing the new identity that you are moving towards, the new person that you want to be. So go ahead and say the items on the list, even if they're not accurate right now. And it's important to do that. And here's why. Research shows that when we give messages to our brain on a regular basis, two things happen. One is our brains start to believe the new messages and our brains start to make the new messages come true. We'll talk about this more later, so keep going. Okay, so some action steps for step four are create some new messages, 10 to 12 for yourself, to replace the old ones you've been giving yourself. Make sure the messages are positive, healthy, empowering, and they will help you move in the direction that you want to go in. Okay, step five, make your new identity stick. That's important. Our brains buy into whatever they think our identity is, and they do their best to protect it. So if your identity or part of your identity is that of being a vegan, your brain is going to steer you away from chili cook-offs, burger and fry places, and steakhouse restaurants, because none of those places are going to support your vegan identity. Because you've told your brain repeatedly that you're a vegan, and that's important to you, your brain has come to believe it and is making that new uh, and making that uh, identity come true. And that is great if your identity is one that you're happy with and if it's a healthy identity. However, it becomes challenging when you are trying to change your identity. Your brain holds on to those old habits and old beliefs even if they're unhealthy and not good for you. And it keeps trying to guide you into the old behaviors that were consistent with you being a vegan or a couch potato or a procrastinator or whatever else that you used to be. Your brain keeps trying to push you in that direction. So how do you get those new beliefs inserted into your brain? And how do you get the old beliefs out? That's a good question. It takes some time, some work, but it can be done. And be aware, this isn't easy. You do have to put in some effort. But it's not like horribly difficult or complicated either. It really isn't. It takes consistent effort over time. And notice I'm not saying perfect effort over time. You'll forget to do it sometimes. But if you can practice those new behaviors in the 85 to 90% range, you are doing good. Really, y'all, all this is is repetition, repetition, repetition. There's nothing magical or, or, you know, really esoteric about it. It's just repetition. We get tired of it, though. Here are some ways to get the old, negative, toxic messages out of your head and replace them with new, positive, healthy ones. So make a list of new messages to give to yourself. I gave examples a while ago, of the type of message you'll need. If you're not sure what statements to use for whatever your new identity 
is going to be. Just do an online search along these lines. Positive affirmations for, say positive affirmations, even though I use thought optimizers, nobody else does, so you're not going to find anything. Positive affirmations for weight loss, for anger management, for stress management, for anxiety reduction, for overcoming insomnia, for whatever it is, do that online search and you'll pull some things up. You should be able to find what you want online. Once you get those new statements that work for you, write them down. I put mine in a Word document so that I can add to them or change them when I come back. Get your list ready and do the following with it. Now, here, and I'm going to get to the following in just a minute. Something that is really, really important to remember is that you may not be totally sold on what the new messages say when you start the process. I kind of talked about this a little bit. In fact, you may be feeling downright skeptical and convinced that everything I'm saying is completely ridiculous and it will never work for you. Here is my response to that. Do it anyway. Here's why. When we give a different, positive, healthy message to ourselves, even one that we don't completely buy into, if we do it on a regular, consistent basis, a weird thing starts to happen. Things starts to ch- things start to change. We start feeling a little better. We act a bit differently. And all of this contributes to us beginning to take tiny baby steps forward. Once we take enough of those teeny little steps, they start to add up. And we realize that the thing we were so skeptical about really does work. So even y'all, if you don't believe it, and I've been there, give it a shot. Really, what do you have to lose? It will help. I promise. So here's what you do with those new messages. Practice, practice, practice. I'm so original. You need to review the new statements often. Several times a day is best. This may seem excessive, but think about this. How often in the past have you given yourself negative messages that supported your old identity? How many times have you told yourself something like, Oh, I'd love to run, but I I just can't do it. I, I guess I'm just not meant to be an athlete. Or I really hate my job, but without finishing my degree, and that's never going to happen, I guess I'm just stuck here. Or I'd love to try to break into the music industry, but no one wants to listen to me sing or play. Never mind. So those are the types of messages you have probably been probably been giving yourself for months to years. So you're not going to erase those in a few days. I wish I had a method for that. I would retire. But it just takes time, y'all. Consistent repetition over time. So remember, our brains protect our identity, even if it's not a healthy one. If we tell ourselves often enough that we can't do something, our brain starts to believe it and makes that come true. So anytime we try even just a little bit to do something different, our brain makes us feel stressed, scared, overwhelmed, etc. until we quit trying. And sometimes because of that, we are better off not listening to what our brains tell us. Okay, so the next way to get those into your head, take a list of your new statements and read them out loud several times a day. There is research suggesting that Reading them while looking at yourself in a mirror is a good idea, and I tend to agree. And the thought behind this is that most of the messages that we have are ones, especially when we were younger, 
that were told to us by other people. They were looking at us at the time and they said the messages out loud because, yeah, they couldn't use thought transference. That doesn't work terribly well. So if we replicate that experience as much, much as possible, but with healthy, positive messages, our efforts will be more fruitful. And next is post your new messages everywhere. I mean, y'all, we are all really very visual. And so if we can see this type of thing on a regular basis, it really makes a big difference. So literally post them on your refrigerator, put them on the dashboard of your car, put them on your bathroom mirror. That's a good place. You can see them while you're brushing your teeth. Um, put them in your desk drawer at work. Just have them all around so that whatever you're doing during the day, you see those message messages often. It's just a, it's a visual reinforcement. The idea here, oh, oh, so there's that. Next one is another way to get them into your head is to record them on your phone and then listen to them while you're doing things that don't require a lot of thought. I do this every morning. Uh, I listen to verses and to thought optimizers while I'm doing things like making my bed, unloading the dishwasher, walking my dog, putting laundry away, pulling up weeds from my garden, things that you don't have to really focus on. I just listen to them and I repeat them and it gets them into my head. The idea here is to erase the old tapes in your brain, and I know I'm dating myself, and replace them with new, helpful, empowering messages. The only way to do it, y'all, is to play those messages on a regular basis. Listen to them. Listen to them. Listen to them. You're kind of brainwashing yourself, but in a good way, for a good cause. The next way to get those messages into your head is to have some type of a reward system that you can give to yourself after you start doing your new behavior on a regular basis, probably not every single time. So you may tell yourself that, okay, once you go to the gym three times in a week, no matter how long you stay, you've earned a small reward, a new book, pair of new earrings, some new socks, I don't know, whatever it is. That way, the thought of practicing your new habit is going to be associated with something that you like, and it will create good feelings in you and you're more likely to repeat it. So I have a kind of funny story about this. Years ago, I ran a 5 or 10K. Honestly, I've slept since then. I don't remember, but it was one of those. And um, finished the race. Didn't win. Big surprise. But I was getting some stuff and checking out. And the lady looked at uh, my name and said, I think you won a prize. I'm like, really? Because y'all, I am like the world's slowest runner. I was like, I don't think so. She said, yeah, go over there to the award table. I think that you won something. I was like, okay. So I did. I went over there, told them, I was, oh, yeah, you won a prize. And they gave me this first place ribbon. I was like, what? Well, come to find out, I was the only runner, female runner in my age group. So I won the first prize. <laughs> I kept it, um, kind of chuckled over it, but it did. It made me feel good about having run because that's when I was getting into exercise and I hung it up on my mirror. So I saw it all the time. And so what if I was the only person in that category? I still won the prize. Made me feel good. So some action steps for step five. Once you have your uh, list of new messages to give to yourself, repeat them to yourself several times a day. 
post them in several places so that you will see them often and or record them on your phone and listen to them on a regular basis, like daily. The next step, trick your brain. This is the newest step for me that I've kind of come up with, but I really think it's one of the most important parts of the process of assuming a new identity. Steps four and five tell you how to replace the messages that you've been giving yourself to support a new identity. This step tells you how to make it fun or more fun. So research overwhelmingly shows that in a lot of cases, our brains do not know the difference between real and imagined situations. And here's what I mean by that. If you are in a stressful situation right now, let's say you are, as I did this the other day, you are driving on the freeway, rush hour, high traffic, cars keep starting and stopping in front of you. I almost rear-ended a car who stopped really suddenly in front of me. Thank you, Lord, that I did not. Um, and, and I was stressed. My brain was producing stress hormones. That was a real situation. However, if you are remembering a past stressful situation or thinking about a possible stressful situation that's coming up, guess what your brain does? It produces stress hormones. Your brain does not know the difference between a real and imagined situation. It doesn't say, okay, this is a real life-threatening situation. I am anxious and stressed now. I'm going to produce stress hormones. Or I'm just remembering that near accident I had on the freeway yesterday. I don't have to feel stressed now. No, your brain does not know the difference. It will probably produce adrenaline and cortisol, which are two stress hormones, for both situations. It cannot tell the difference between a real and an imagined situation. The good news is that we can use that inability to our advantage. So as we are assuming our new identity and performing these new activities, we can tell ourselves how much fun they are and how much we're enjoying ourselves. Our brains will start to believe it and will start to make us feel like we really are having fun. I know this works because I've done it. So let me give some examples. Your new identity, let's say, is someone who is healthy and who works out regularly. So as you're biking, walking, or running, tell yourself, I love being able to do this. I feel so much healthier and stronger. I am so glad that I have made time to get outside and go for a walk or do whatever it is that you're doing. I love how much better I'm starting to feel. And y'all, I I think I've mentioned this. I exercise a lot during the day. I get a lot of steps. Uh, currently, I'm at 7,500 is what I try to get during the day. And right now, it is about 1.30 when I'm recording this podcast. I have 13,794 steps. Well, I typically don't get much more than 14 or 15,000. So when I get home, I need to get more steps. So I did that. It was several weeks or several months ago. And I was jumping on my little rebounder while I was watching TV. I was tired. It had been a long day. I just wanted to sit down and relax. And so I really was kind of doing the whiny baby thing, you know, this is hard. I'm almost done. How much longer? Oh, I really don't like doing this. And I thought, wait a minute. I need to turn this around. I know how to do this. So I started telling myself, man, I am so glad that I get to do this because taking all these steps really makes me healthy. And this is so cool. I'm doing it inside where it's air conditioned because it was literally 105 degrees outside. 
I'm under a ceiling fan. I'm watching TV. This is so much fun. I love doing this. Guess what? Instead of feeling deprived and put upon and poor me, I started feeling great. So I promise you this does work. Let me give you a few other examples. Let's say your new identity is someone who no longer experiences anxiety or uh, at all, or just not as much, excuse me, as they used to in the past. So start telling yourself things like, wow, I can't believe how calm and relaxed I'm feeling. This new meditation app or whatever tool you're using is really working. I feel great. So much better already. I love this. Another one, new identity, someone who no longer procrastinates. Tell yourself, it is unbelievable how much I'm enjoying getting to places on time. Who knew? And it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. It's taking some organization and preparation, but I'm having fun doing it. I feel better and happier, and I have just started. One more, new identity, someone who gets up early instead of sleeping until noon. Tell yourself, I'm so happy that I'm getting up earlier. I like getting things done in the morning because it just clears up the rest of the day. Getting to jump on things earlier in the day makes me feel really good and very productive. I love this. You get the picture. You tell yourself that the activities that you are doing to create your new identity are fun and enjoyable, even if it's not completely true. That's okay, because your brain will start to believe that you are having fun and having a good time, and they will start producing feel-good chemicals, serotonin, dopamine, endorphins, and oxytocin, and you will start feeling like you really are having fun. It's that self-fulfilling prophecy, and it helps create your new identity. Okay, so the action steps for step six are trick your brain into believing that the new activities you're doing to establish uh, your new identity are fun and you love them. And y'all, don't be afraid to get a little dramatic in there. Oh, this is so much fun. I love this so much. This is That's fine. Do the hyperbole. Over-exaggerate. Totally fine. Really get into it. It will pay off. Okay, step seven. You won't all have to do this, but some of you will. That is change the company that you keep. Some negative messages may be reinforced by other people. These can be family, friends, neighbors, co-workers. If this is a problem for you, here's how to deal with it. The first thing is to identify who these people are and then confront them firmly but nicely. Explain that you are changing. Ask them to stop making negative comments. And you may need to make a list of what they are because they may say factually or not that they're, they really don't realize they're doing it. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but go ahead and make the list anyway. Or stop making remarks that reinforced your old identity or stop inviting you to participate in activities that you're no longer interested in. Okay. You may need to do this more than once. But honestly, with most people in your life, this step will take care of that. However, if you've asked these people several times to stop and it's not working, you may just need to limit the amount of time that you spend with them. Just don't be as available as you used to be. Eventually, they'll figure it out. They will find someone else to smoke, overeat, 
or binge watch Netflix with, and they'll move on. And so will you. Now, this can be a little difficult to do if the people, the negative people, are family. So I seldom advise cutting family members off completely, but you may need to at least limit contact with them. You need to make it a point to be around positive, supportive people who encourage and support the new you. And if you can't find people who are like-minded, who are trying to do the same things that you are maybe in your area, go online. Y'all, there are support groups for everything online. You will find something, I promise you. If possible, find an accountability partner or a small group who have the same goals you do and start spending time with them. Maybe a running group, a study group for a course that you're taking, or a writing group that meets and reviews each other's work regularly. You will push each other towards success. And I will say, years ago, when I was trying to lose a bunch of weight, and I did eventually lose about 70 pounds, I wanted so badly to find a weight loss partner, an accountability partner. I thought that would be so cool. I mean, we could call each other during the day and, you know, support each other and all that. I couldn't find anybody. And I mentioned it one time to a friend of mine. I have to laugh at it now. And she was like, oh, well, you know, I could be, I could be your accountability partner. I could, I need to lose five or 10 pounds. And I just looked at her. I needed to lose 70 pounds. And she was tall, gorgeous, thin. And I was like, no, thank you. I don't want you to be my accountability partner. Yeah, no, that, that would not have worked. So I probably should have looked online, but back then online was not as popular. But anyway, you may need to find someone to help you. So your step, your step seven action steps. Become aware of negative people in your life who are holding you back from assuming your new identity. You may need to ask them to stop certain behaviors or start others. If they refuse to be supportive, you may need to diminish, or reduce, or just cut off contact with them. Okay, a couple more steps. Step number eight. Transi- transitions can be tricky. So here are a few things to remember when you start your new journey toward a healthier, happier you. When an old negative message pops back up, and I promise it will at times, just remind yourself, that old message goes with who I used to be, not who I am now. I'm not that person anymore. And ignore it. Remind yourself that things will get easier once you become more familiar with your new program. So about a week ago, I was in this new thing that I was doing, and there's this computer program that I am trying to figure out. And y'all, it was it was one of those things that I know with practice, I could have done the whole thing in like 45 minutes. It took me like four hours. I was banging my head against the wall, but I kept telling myself, it'll be easier next time. It'll be easier next time. And it was, but sometimes you just have to get through it, especially the first few times. Gather support. Get friends and family on board if they will be supportive, not if they're just going to make negative comments. Expect things. This is a big one. Expect things to feel awkward and uncomfortable at first. That will change with time and practice. Really, all that means is that you're doing it right because change is almost always awkward and uncomfortable in the beginning. I promise you it will get better. You'll get more used to it. Again, that's my thing with my computer program. It will get better. It's a little better now. It will still get even better as I use it more. 
learn to embrace discomfort. We all tend to have a tendency to want to stay comfortable. Here's the problem with that. And this is something I realized in my life about a year or so ago. We don't grow when we're comfortable. We have to go beyond what we've already experienced. We need to stretch ourselves. And that doesn't always feel very good. And a good example on this one is my son, David, for the past couple of years, has been taking a cold shower first thing in the morning. Now, he's told me, in summer, that's not a big deal because it's hot in Texas, so cold shower is not difficult to do. But it gets cold in Texas in the winter. And that's when it's really hard. But he does it anyway. He stays in for like, I think he said two minutes. He sets a timer. I I don't think I could be that uncomfortable. But he likes it because it's a discipline thing. He says it starts his day off having done something really hard already. And it makes other things easier, which makes sense. So, okay. Uh, Billy Cox, who was Jimi Hendrix's bass guitarist, said, Life will only change when you become more committed to your dreams than you are to your comfort zone. So true. When you're changing, try to focus on one major change at a time instead of trying to do everything all at once, which is kind of what we tend to do sometimes. Pick a keystone habit to work on. I I think I talked about this in a previous um, podcast, previous episode. This encourages the development of other related habits. So Charles Duhigg, who is the author of Power of Habits, says that exercise is a powerful keystone habit. And y'all have found this to be true. Typically people who exercise start eating better. They become more productive at work. They smoke less. They show more patience with their colleagues and family. They use their credit cards less frequently. Who knew? And they say that they feel less stressed. Exercise is a keystone habit that triggers widespread change. So concentrate on some of those. And then just keep going. Consistent practice over time will make your identity feel genuine, comfortable, and effortless. So the main step eight action steps are just don't let those old negative messages from your past derail you. Gather support. Embrace discomfort. Focus on one major change at a time. Give yourself some grace and keep going. And then step nine, this is the conclusion. Too often... We resign ourselves to staying staying stuck in situations that no longer serve us or are no longer in our best interest. We bought into our old identity. Y'all, I did this for years, and we do it without question. We simply accepted the fact that this is just who I am. I can't tell you how many clients I've, I've heard say that. We don't think about the fact that just because we are overweight, out of shape, missing a high school or college degree, divorced, or whatever other current state currently describes you, that we don't have to stay there. We are free to change our identity at any time. It just takes consistent effort on our parts. And I promise that it can be done. Okay, let me give you a fun fact about Waco. And I've talked about this one before, but I I really think this is cool. April 8th, 2024, There will be an eclipse over Texas, and you will see it live in Waco. I mean, we are going to we are going to have a stellar spot to watch it. Um, Let me see what it says. Okay, on April eighth, twenty twenty four, North America will be treated 
to one of the most amazing sites of a lifetime, a total solar eclipse. Waco, Texas will be right in the path of the eclipse and will offer a celestial show you won't won't want to miss. So it will be uh, at 12.20 p.m. will be the first contact. 1.38, totality begins. That's when uh, the sun is completely blocked. 1.42, totality ends. 3 o'clock is last contact. So again, we are right in the path. I mean, we they have a, uh, I've got this little map that I don't know how to show you, but um, it's showing the, the path of the eclipse. Waco is right in the middle of the path. So if you are interested in seeing that eclipse, come to Waco because you will be able to be part of it really, really well. Okay. So that is it for uh, my topic today. Just want to say my usual closing, along with this podcast and Waco Hypnosis Center, I'm available for public speaking. If you are interested in booking me for an event, you can contact me through my website at www.drmelissarich.com or email me at info at Melissa Rich, uh, sorry, info at drmelissarich.com. Y'all, if you enjoyed this podcast, and honestly, who wouldn't because it was amazing, um, do a couple of things for me. One is follow the podcast. Next, write me a review, five star, because hey, this was really good, and or share the episode. There are, if you go like on Apple Podcasts, there are these three little dots on the right-hand side. If you click on that, it will show you how to share the episode. I am working on building up my audience, so I would appreciate any help that y'all can give me. I hope this was helpful. I am so glad that you joined me. Be sure and come back next Wednesday when we have another episode. Y'all have a good week. Bye.